0: Hi, guys, welcome back to another episode of Horror, Wine, and Crime with me, KK, and the lovely Lo. Hey, yeah! How are you doing, Lo? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am good as well. I'm excited um, for this episode, part three. The final part, uh, the ending of Tina's story, I'm super excited for people to hear. I know people have been loving it, um, of course, because Tina just tells it beautifully and it's such a moving, you know, intense story. So I definitely understand why people are tuning in and loving it. So I am excited to wrap it up with this one. And not to mention, if you just sit down and talk to her for
1: a few minutes, it is so hard not to just fall in love with her. She was so sweet and so kind, and you can just tell. She's just got a heart of gold.
0: Oh, absolutely. Me and Lo want to be friends with her. Like, we're like Please, seriously. Out? And I'm <laughs> like, when this thing's over, we're gonna go to like call her for lunch. And yeah, and like, she's
1: she's awesome. Um, she is currently number one. So Tina, if I haven't told you yet, um, your story skyrocketed to the top and it is growing enormously. So we want to give you a thank you and shout out for, um, taking the chance on us gals here to, um, get you on this platform and get your story out there because, uh, it's It's working out well for you, so thank you. and hopefully you're happy with it.
0: yes, I, I really hope so. And I really hope that you know it's even helping I'm sure it's helping more than one person, but you know, just to even think if it helps one person to hear this story is definitely the most important part of this whole thing. So
1: and I'm gonna give you guys the number. Uh, I know we said it before, but I just want to you know, say it again. There is help available. It's open 24-7. There's many different languages, over 200 of them. So there is nobody there that cannot help you. Um, and that number is 1-800-799-7233. If you are in a terrible situation, please call that number. You can even text it. 88788 text the word start to 88788 and uh
0: let let them help you yeah absolutely there is always help available and resources and it's definitely I feel like important just to to share that so thanks Lo for putting that in there too
1: Yes. And if you're too scared to call the number, email us and then we can email, you know, Tina or somebody that can guide us into where to lead you. And we can do it even privately that way if you don't want to call the number, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, um, without further ado, I guess we will jump right back into um, this part three of Tina's story.
2: My husband, for the last five years, I was with him. He did not have normal relations with me. Mm. He was into sodomy. So that is the only kind that he would have, you know. And so um, my lawyer asked for the report from Holly, and Holly sent it to him, and it was only a partial report. And he's like, Tina. I'm missing part of the report. You need to call Holly. And I called Holly and Holly says, Tina, I didn't include a lot of the part about the sodomy and what you had to deal with on a daily, you know, and, um, some of that kind of stuff. And I said, could you please release it to him? She goes, are you sure? She goes, It's really personal stuff. I said, I know. I said, And as hard as it is to talk about and to, you know, relive and stuff, I said, if it keeps me out of prison, we need to present it at trial. We need to. I only, I asked, I remember asking Jerry, I said, can I ask you one thing, Jerry? He says, what's that? I said, if the time comes and it goes to trial, I said, when I have to talk about that type of abuse, can you ask my parents to leave? I just didn't want my parents to hear that it's time. So. But. So I went back and they gave me 20 months. You know, I could have gotten zero to 24 and I was hoping to get probation, but I knew I'd go. I knew I would. I mean, everybody kept telling me, you're not going to go. They're not going to send you. My mom kept saying. They wouldn't let you be out on bond for eight months and then put you away. I said, yeah, well, that's how the justice system works, you know. It's like they let you out for a little bit, and I said, and then they put you away. So I said, I'm going away, you know, because she used to get so mad at me because I would go over there and I would sit for hours, and I would set up auto payments, for, like, my house and, you know, my utilities and stuff from my account. And she's like, why are you doing this? You know, I wish you wouldn't do this. You're not going away. I said, Mom, I, said, I need to be prepared. I need to be prepared. I said, I pray to God I don't. But worst case scenario, I need to be ready for it if I do, you know. And uh, so, yeah, when they kind of handed it out, you know, she did say, I have no doubt in my mind you were abused. I have no doubt. She's like, and this is one of the worst abuse cases I've ever seen. She goes, but you killed somebody. And I knew, I knew when I pulled the trigger. But in my mind, I had to do it because I had to save that little boy. And he was at a point where it's like, he was so empty. Like his Mm -hmm. eyes were so empty, there was nothing left yeah. when he said he was going to do that, I knew he would do it. Mm-hmm. I knew he would do it. he kept he kept saying to me he said there's no going back after this <clears throat> I've already beat the heck out of you. he's got a concussion he's like there's no going back he's like It's just it's it ends today, you know. And I knew he'd do it, you know. And I was just like, and as much as I didn't want to do it, I really felt I had to, like I had no choice, you know.
3: I couldn't let anything happen to Philip. If he doesn't, if 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 Philip doesn't have you, then what's what's left for him? I know. You you only did what. Any mother and any mm-hmm. decent human being would do. Absolutely.
0: Exactly.
3: I mean, seriously, and I, you know how I feel about that. I know. It's. It, it was reputant, just like a situation. An un- but, yeah, yeah. An unattainable situation. Mm-hmm. It
2: was like a catch twenty-two. I mean, it's like whichever way I I decided, it's like I was gonna lose. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's like so. I would rather I lost him than lose him and me die, you know? And that's why I tried to explain to people. I said, you know, I said, I said, do you really think it would have ended there with him killing Philip and me? I said, it wouldn't have ended there. I said, you know, he didn't have the guts to take himself out. He even said that, you know, that's why he wanted the cops to come. And he was very anti-establishment, so he would have had a shootout with the cops,
3: mm-hmm.
2: no doubt in my mind, you know, and, um, and he would have died that way too. And I said, you know, you could, you could have potentially had multiple people die that day, mm-hmm. you know, but instead I had to take out the threat, you know, and it's, it's not easy. I mean, I tried so hard, you know, I used to ask him all the time. I said, why can't you just love me?
3: Because always not humane.
2: Always trying to change me, you know. But it wasn't you; it was
1: him. It was his problem. Mm-hmm.
2: I
3: know. it was never you. No. He put you in a beat down position and and isolated you to where you had nobody, nothing, no family, no friends, no support.
2: No, and you know, I I told Philip from the time that he was born, and you know when I first had him. I was so tired, and I didn't think I would be a good mom. i just been through so much, and I felt so bad about myself and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't think I'd be a good mom. And they asked me at the hospital, they said, do you want him in here? You can have them stay in here with you at night, you know. I said, no. I said, I don't want them in here, you know. And I kind of felt bad about it. And at one point, I said, can you bring him in, you know, the next day? And she's like, oh, do you want him to stay overnight? And I said, yeah, I do, you know. And he came in, and he was laying in his little, you know, bed. And I pulled him out of there, and I put him on my chest. And his little head was on my heart. And at some point, while he was laying there, you know, and he was sighing and... I looked at him and there was so much love and I thought I got this, you know, I can do this. It's like, I love this child and I kind of made a promise to him. I said, you know what? You saved my life. You saved my life because there was a point in this relationship where I literally wanted to die. I thought that was the only way I would get out was to die. And I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of being the one to kill me. So it's like I I'm not proud to say, but I contemplated killing myself because I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this about myself. I have nobody. I feel so low. You know, I'm lower than low at this point. And then I found out about Philip and he gave me a reason to live. Mm-hmm. And at that point. After he saved my life, I kind of oh. vowed at that point that I would do anything in my power to save his so even at the cost of hurting somebody and being locked away from him, you know, which was the hardest thing in the world because him and I did everything together. You know, being away from him was so hard. So, you know, it's like people, well, his, my in-laws basically have said, you know, that it's like, you know, I did it and I didn't feel a thing and, you know, I was heartless and that's not true. You know, it's like I never did it with malice. I never, I mean, it's, I was given a choice. Mm-hmm. I either protect Philip or not, you know, and did I, want to, did I want it to end this way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, I took a life, you know, and that's not an easy thing to live with. I mean, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about it. You know, there isn't a day when I was out on bond and when I was locked up, it's like I thought about it every day. Every day. There were certain things that would just pop into my head. It's like I'd wake up thinking about it and I couldn't sleep. You know, it's just... I mean, I don't think about it, you know? I don't kill anything. I rescue bugs. I have a cricket in my garage right now with a bowl over it, you know? I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't kill things. I rescue things, you know? And somewhere in my mind, maybe I thought I i could rescue this broken person that he was, you know? Well, you're a fixer. I am a fixer.
3: That's what we do. Yeah a curse and a blessing rolled into
2: one. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was horrible with me, but he was horrible with other people too. You know, he was abusive with his own family. They had filed a police report against him for domestic abuse against the mother and the sister. Even though there's a mother, a sister, and two brothers, he didn't pick on the boys, he picked on the girls.
0: The boys a
3: that's what I was saying. He just there was always the weaker one. It's
0: like you would zone in on yeah. someone he felt like he could just yeah, dominate and take fully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Dominate and
2: control. Yeah. So I don't know, he he had real issue with authority and being told what to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he actually, um I found out later, I didn't even realize this, but he was kicked out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> like they were gonna court martial him. And, you know, because he could not follow instruction mm-hmm. from like superiors. And he was belligerent about it. And, you know, so it's like, so he got kicked out of the Marine Corps. I didn't even know that, you know, for a long time. <laughs> He's
3: a monster.
0: Yeah, um, truly sounds like a monster. And you were put in such an impossible situation, you were just surviving. Yeah, for oh, she's not so, only you but for your son too. You know. Yeah. And like Michelle said, any mother would do the exact mm-hmm. same thing you did.
3: Yeah, I'm not a mother, and I can tell you right now, I would have.
0: Same, same here.
3: Not a, not I you know. I wouldn't hesitate. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, you are not a human being first, and what you endured is sickening and inhumane, and no
2: yeah he liked to humiliate me he would do things and I'd ask him I'd cry and cry and cry and I'd be like why why are you doing this and he goes because I like to humiliate you and make you feel lower than low I'm like why would you do that like why would you do that to anybody you know and I lost so much you know I just think about the person that I was before I met him and I love to do things I had so much joy I was so happy you know it's like I, I had hobbies and I love to draw and I love to laugh and it's like and I just with him I had no reason for any of that I didn't laugh you know I mean I laughed when I went to work because mm-hmm. those people I was training they were so funny some of them and it's like you know I said that's another thing that saved my life: being able to get out of the house and go to work and laugh with these people and act like nothing was wrong. It was like your
1: that escape. Was your family. It was. That was your real family. It
2: was. It was my escape, and it mm-hmm. was like it was nice because I didn't have friends, so it's like
3: you did, but
2: yeah, well, not
3: tangible, right there. Yeah, it was. So I could escape curious. for a bit, yeah.
2: and it was, it was, it was good. It was
3: good. But as I've said so many times, you've come out. You've kept your eye on the prize, and every time you called, I, you, you your focus was incredible because I knew what your goal was, and you didn't waver from that. Mm. And I f- the fact that you got to take it picking up a piece of paper <laughs> is <just> ludicrous <laughs> to me. It's so stupid. That was kind of that's crazy, what but... you got to worry about in there. Is that? But then you came out, and you systematically, and I've told you a million times, I've watched you put your life together, and it gave you the balls that you needed something fierce. Yeah. To protect you first. That's some
2: good that came out of it, you know, it's like... It toughened you up. You can it, breathe again. It yeah. really did. It toughened me up, because it I was... Her up. I had been beat down so bad, you know, and it's like, and... To go through what I had gone through and come out with the other side, it's like, it just, it makes you a lot stronger, you know, and... It's incredible to watch,
3: because I sit back and I know her, you know, during, I don't refer to him as a human being, di- di- during him, um, and then seeing her at the bond hearing and it was just like a rack of bones with a piece of skin over it. So unhealthy. Yeah. She looked broken, literally. And then to see her I have to and hear her, and I would visit her in prison, and to see her oh, leaving.
2: I'm oh, sorry. Leaving. Part. I'd get visitors, you know, and stuff. And Philip would come visit on Sundays, and then Michelle would come after my parents left, and. It's like seeing him leave, you know, was so hard. And then Michelle would stay all day Mm -hmm. and we would sit and, you know, and then she would leave. And that was...
3: Leaving was the hardest part. That was hard, you
2: know. Yeah. Because then, yeah. Especially
1: watching your little boy walk mm -hmm. out the door, you
2: know. Yeah. The first time he came, I hadn't seen him in so long, you know, and because he had to get approved and everything to come. And I was like, what if he, like, doesn't remember me? What if he's mad at me? You know, I was so, I was I so was worried. worried.
1: Did they let you, like, hold him and, like, like let him sit with you? They,
2: you're not really supposed to, but
1: they did. Well, I because he's a child and you're a child. I thought maybe they,
2: you know. Yeah, they, they will let him, like, sit on your lap for a hot second, but then they are kind of like, okay, enough, you know, sit in your own seat. Um, but the first time he came in, they knew that it was like the first visit Mm -hmm. and just the emotion between like myself and like him when he walked in and they let him like, I just, I held him like a baby basically for the whole time he was there. Yeah, Yeah. You know, and they let him.
3: You know, they were like, "Okay."
1: Yeah, and you. know a There cool, was
3: a few guards coming in that were really amazing, and then there was, of course, the. Power <laughs> <trip
0: one side. laughs> yeah, I,
3: yeah, yeah. There was a one that was just funny, uh, just a power trip, and it was just. I to have say.
2: to. I have to put a shout out though for for the guards because. It's hard to be in a place like that. And I know they probably get tired of seeing the same people over and over and over and over and over again because these people come back constantly. And they're like, why are you in here again, you know? And they read them the riot, and they're like, you know, you, I told you to pull your life together. Some of them can be really kind of harsh and cold. And, you know, for somebody who's never been in prison, it's, like, it's a very sobering thing, you know, to be talked to that way. But then you know they realized that i'm not in there to make trouble i don't do anything i just stay to myself and drink my coffee and draw my pictures and you know and um and then as more came out about my case a lot of these officers like actually looked into the case like they read it and they watched the news and stuff and and they would pull me aside and and tell me they're like i'm really sorry you know, it's like, I read all about your case, and this is a terrible thing, and, you know, and they were very nice to me. Very nice. I have no complaints about any of the officers there. None.
1: because yeah, the judge, you said he came and saw you in the hospital, right? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you're not faking your bruises, you're not faking the abuse, I mean, they can physically see it. Yeah. I mean...
3: Yeah, they had to reinflate my
2: lungs. They, I had wires like in there that were shooting. So like, i listening to the doctors and say, stuff. like, "How
1: are you still alive?" Like, that's got to be kind of like proof in the pudding Like she's been through some shit, you know? Like, yeah,
0: that's uh-huh. good to know. The guards were they were good because I know some places people can be not so great. Some they
2: places. they started out mean. Don't get me wrong, um, because they said some really mean things to me, and but I never I knew. I'm not the type of person to sass back. You know, some of those, you know, inmates in there, they'll be like, no, ah, you know, and I'm just like, no, forget it. It's not even worth it. Eyes on the prize. I got to get out of here. I got to get Philip. you know. And, um, you know, and I didn't want, because they get feedback, too, when you go to the parole board. You guys sitting from the parole board. They've gotten statements from this officer and this officer and this officer. They gotta write stuff up too, mm-hmm. you know. And so, anytime an officer called me off for anything, I'm like I fess up to it. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Like they stuck me with a wheelchair pushing job, which was just horrible. But anyways, um, they had a bunch of wheelchair pushers. So when they would call for a wheelchair pusher, like. I never went up there for like the first couple of weeks. And then finally I was like, you know what? I just need to do this. This is wrong. It's like, I got to, when they call for a wheelchair pusher, I'm going to do it. So I go up there and I asked her for a schedule so I could get it signed off every time somebody needed a wheelchair pusher. And she goes, Talbot, you know, you should have been up here a couple of weeks ago. It's been on your call out for like two weeks now. I said, I know. I said, I know you're absolutely right. I said, I've been avoiding it. I said, I didn't really want to push a wheelchair because I didn't ask for this job. And she goes, Sometimes we just have to accept what we don't want. And I'm like, You're right. Absolutely. And she's like, Okay. You know, so she kind of (laughs) called me out on it. I'm kind of like, You're right. I should have been doing it. You know? And. Yeah, they stuck, me, they stuck me working in there, which is good because it made the time go faster. And what kind of stunk about the whole thing was, well, I mean, it was a good thing, but it was a bad thing. Um, I was trying to get my, my thing, I was trying to get a commutation, okay? So what happened was I had to go in front of a parole board representative to see if it would be put up for commutation, And then I would have to go in and interview with like the entire parole board and, you know, the attorney general and all kinds of people to see if they would let me out. Um, And then COVID hit because they did, they did approve it. I was supposed to go in front of them and, you know, talk about my case and possibly get out early. Then COVID hit, we all got locked down. And then because COVID hit, they canceled my commutation hearing and it was, canceled indefinitely so then I'm like okay are they going to make, make me wait for the commutation hearing or are they going to see me again for my regular parole because I was supposed to get out in a few months yeah. I'm like I need to get out because the commutation is going to take way longer so um, I didn't go in front of the parole board again and they had like 80 84 days or something like that in order to get me an answer on whether or not I was gonna go home. And they literally waited like 80, 80 days. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> Even up though to the end. this is funny because they knew within three days of interviewing me whether or not they were sending me home. That's when it was dated. It was dated way back then. And then oh you sweat it out? But they made me sweat it out that long. Wow. I was like, and the whole time I'm in there, I'm like what if I'm not going home? Oh my God, what if I'm not going home? Everybody's like, you're going home. You haven't done anything wrong. (laughs) You did everything you were supposed to do. You took all your classes. You know, you didn't get any tickets. I'm like, I don't know. My interview was terrible. Oh, you know. Mm. I was so worried about that interview. Oh. I remember the day she called me too. She was in a full-blown panic. I was in a complete meltdown. I remember that. I started...
1: Crying know, at the i Making yeah. sure you say everything right and proper. Well.
3: Yeah. She's good at that, though. I am good, at, good at, that. at that. She's very good at that.
2: But he kind of threw me when he's like, you know, a lot of people are going to ask me why we let you go. Why do you deserve to be let go? What am I supposed to say to that? And I'm like, and I had, I just had a complete meltdown at that point. I remember rambling about, because I have so much more life to live. Like, I... I never lived a life. I didn't have a life.
1: You have a baby boy at um, home. Yes.
2: I said, I have a son that needs a mother. I said, I have people out there to help. I said, you know, I want to take this and help others with what I've gone through. You know, try to help them through it. And I said, you know, I want to just be a mom. I Live a life. You know? And... uh Mm -hmm. But I was was near hysterical. (laughs) I remember leaving and I was walking out of the, the center, you know, where we usually have our interviews and stuff. And one of the guards was like, are you okay? I was crying hysterically. I'm like, I just had my interview. She goes, is that crying because it went bad or it went really good? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I had no clue. I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I did so bad at the interview. I said, I don't think they're going to let me out. I said, I'm so afraid they're not going to let me out, and I'm going to have to sit in here for like 15 years, you know, and Philip's going to be an old kid, and he's not going to recognize me. And my mom's like, well, that's funny. We just got off the phone with Jan and Jan said, you did really good at the interview because she was the person that sat in there,
0: mm.
2: you know, that I could have one person talk about me, you know, so I asked her to do it. And so she sat in there and listened to the whole thing. And she's like, she told us you did really well. I said, she did? <laughs> I did? <it?" laughs> I
0: said. You were probably sewing so your yeah, head away. Yeah. I was. Mm-hmm.
2: I was. It's just like, Ah. Yeah. Like there are times where it's like you're so stressed that you kind of blank things out. Like Michelle and I were talking about this. My lawyer sat me down when we were in court and he goes, Tina, I'm gonna talk about the transcripts for your nine one one call today. He goes, We're gonna talk about how emotional you were talking oh. through this and how you know you never once like told them that you were hurt. It was about everybody else. Like, you know, I think he's hurt. You need to send an ambulance and you know, Philip's fine. And how are you? I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, clearly you weren't. He's like, but I need you to read through the transcripts. So I read through the transcripts and I'm like, Holy cow! I swore. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember saying this. You know, I was Shit. mortified.
3: I'm like, that's what you focused on right there. That's what I you got.
1: <laughs>
0: she said, like, "I, I was...
3: said the f bomb." I it. I probably so said it a lot more than once. I <laughs> said, "I'm like, oh my god, that's what you got of that whole conversation." <laughs> you no.
2: Know. And then later, I was thinking too. And Jerry, he just shakes his head when I said this. I said, Jerry. I said, after I called nine one one and I told him, you got to bring the ambulance. You got to bring the ambulance. I said, you realize that ambulance never came the whole time I was sitting there. I said, it's like they were taking their time.
1: <laughs>
2: he goes, maybe they were. He goes, Tina, here you are, all concerned with other people. He's like, they got there eventually, you know. I'm like, I know, huge but thing
3: about karma, girl,
2: huge mm-hmm. thing about karma. It's
3: just... I'm a firm
2: believer in that. Yep. Yeah. And somebody told me that. They said, wasn't he like a crazy gun guy, like pulling it on everybody? I said, yeah, mm-hmm. he was. And he had told me, he said, I'll never take you to get a concealed weapons permit. He said, because I'm afraid that if I do and you buy a gun, you'll shoot me.
1: <laughs>
2: I said, why would I shoot you? He goes, because. He goes, because I'm so mean to you. I said, no, I would never do that. (laughs) The irony. Um, But the gun that he carried was was my gun originally. That's the one that I went and shot so often, you know. So I was very familiar with that gun. Thankful for the training you had
1: then. Yeah. Definitely.
2: And he hated going shooting with me, which we only did it a few times. And every other time I went with, like, my friend and... um, because I'd always outshoot them. I was a better shot. So, somewhere along the way, they started calling me the assassin um, during all this. You know, the prosecutor did. Oh. She shoots like an assassin. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean. But women always shoot better than that. Hand-eye coordination.
0: Huh. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Me neither. Yes. Yeah, I learned that. I was like, oh, so that's how I'd explain
3: being a better shot. I'm
2: like, I'm just a better shot because I'm a woman. <laughs>
3: right. So. Well, you were fighting for the fight. no, There's a huge difference. With the
0: adrenaline, I'm sure. And in that moment, you body, know. I gotta yeah. get this right. Like,
3: yeah. I cannot miss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially in, like, the frail and broken state that you were in, like, the focus. And just energy that you probably had rushing through your body just like took over. I'm sure.
3: Yeah,
2: I just felt like I felt like it. it was out of body. Like okay. I don't even. Yeah,
3: I can. I can imagine. I think I was in shock or something. I don't even. Well, because it's not. It's not like you got up and were washing dishes. That's a normal thing. Yeah. I mean, this is so. It was just abnormal just so... uncharacteristic. Chest, you might not get this. Yeah,
1: right. Of it. And yeah. I have to take it. And like... you have.
2: Yeah, because people people said, on. well, you know, you know, like legal people, they'd be like, you know, you couldn't just like shoot him in the knees or something, you know. And I'm like, well, that wouldn't have stopped him from doing what he did. Why?
3: So he's even more angry, and he beats the hell out of you even more. Yeah, at that point, you? he's yeah, I mean, he's overtaking
2: he showed... me, got the gun, and you know, like, you've
1: you... moved even when you at
3: the beginning of the
1: story you moved here and he found you pretty quick like yeah so I mean you, there's nowhere you'd always you know, be living in
3: fear right. that he's gonna find you I mean if you yeah. wing him I'll, I mean you're just gonna infuriate <clears throat> him even more yeah.
2: I tried you. I tried a lot of different ways of like getting him to leave you know because clearly he was not a happy man and I said I said you're unhappy I said why do you want to stay in a relationship where you're unhappy I said, you're still young. I said, you could find somebody else, you know? It's like, why don't you just go? I said, I'll pay you off. (laughs) I said, I'll advance all my credit cards and give you money to start with, you know? And he's this was his way of thinking. He says, oh, you would like that, wouldn't you? It's not about making me happy. It's about making you happy.
1: If you left, yes, that would make me very happy. He
2: says, (laughs) and I don't want you to be happy. He says, why would I want you to be happy?
0: It's like he did it in spite of you.
3: Yes. Absolutely. It's it's, uh, from listening to everything. It's, it's, he always did everything that way. He did. I mean, it was just another mind control and he would warped thinking.
2: He would break things that I loved, you know, which isn't shocking because he tried to break my cat and he threatened to kill my dog often enough, but he would like... People would get me stuff as gifts and, you know, and it meant a lot to me because, you know, it might have been like my grandpa's or, you know, my dad got it for me and, you know, and he would break it. He would just not even think twice because it meant something to me. Well, that's why I had a necklace mm-hmm. that was my sister's thumbprint from when she passed away from cancer and he gave it to my son to play with. It was a gold necklace with a charm in her birthstone. The birthstone's now missing. The charm is a mess and the necklace is broken. Because he gave it to him. Uh, a toddler yeah. to play with. Because he hated my sister and he wants to destroy it. He wanted to destroy
3: everything that meant something to me. It's just another way to break you down. It's mm-hmm. just another way to control your existence and Yeah. You know, keep you in line and under his thumb, so to speak.
0: Words can't even describe. I feel like how horrible from you know everything you told us. Just how horrible of a human being, or like, like you said, not even like human being, like just pure monster.
3: Just pure evil.
0: Pure evil. Yeah.
3: I mean, what human being thinks like that? Yeah. Acts like that. Does those things
0: totally dark and just sickening so sickening is the yeah it's it is just it's, great word to just it, just it is dark yeah
3: what God person would do that
0: right think
3: that mm-hmm. I mean normal people don't think like that no let alone do it you know it's just I know what the hell I
2: don't know I don't know if he had a mental disorder or what was going on well when there. your dad's
3: KGB and you're raised like that yeah
2: he was European. He was from Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, born in Krakow. Lived in Warsaw. His dad died when he was fairly young. Um, died in front of him. You know, but his dad wasn't a nice guy either. You know, he was KGB. He was, you know. Yeah. And
1: then the that's what he did. You know, which, Yeah. I mean, they trained you to protect, but it's still, you know, guns and violence and, you know, Yeah. working
0: outcomes.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, and if he uses that to his advantage with his bad agenda, it's not a good mix. Right, and, and he,
3: mental
2: issues. And he mm-hmm. was taught from an early age, too, that, like, you know, people are going to pick on you or pick on your brother, you take them down. Like, you, you fight back, you know, and so that was pushed on him, mm-hmm. you know, and he told me, what are you doing, silly? He told me when he was 10 years old, he was sent to a child psychologist for bullying he was a bully oh, wow. and I said well some things have not changed mm-hmm. like you never grew out of it yeah. I said you're still a bully
0: probably just he probably just excelled and got worse each year went
2: by yeah he had like this God complex you know where it's like he just wanted to walk down a sidewalk he wouldn't move for anybody you know how most people like if you're on a sidewalk and you're sharing yeah, it with somebody like, oh, sorry, and you're gonna, gonna... you're gonna step aside you know no."
0: He wanted people to get He out.
2: would be the one walking straight ahead and everybody, like, unless they wanted to get shouldered, they would, out of the way. You know? I mean, that's how he was. Yeah. You know?
3: He who, was not a... Who, 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 who conducts themselves like mm-hmm. that? Who does that in, a, in society? I don't know. I don't know why he would do stuff like that.
2: He would do stuff like that, too. Like, like he would treat people so awful you know like we would go through fast food um, you know establishments and stuff and the way he talked like the servers or like the people that were waiting on us and stuff I remember telling him once I said why do you talk to people that way I said you were a server once in Austria I said you know you you had to wait on people I said did you like when people talk to you that way right I said I've worked in customer service. I said, I would not appreciate being talked to that way. You know? I said, give him some respect. I mean, why do you have to be this way? He was just so mean and, mean. I don't understand it. I, I, just, I just, I used to ask him sometimes. I'm like, why are you so unhappy and so mean? Like, why? What is wrong with you? He's like, nobody ever does anything for me. Nobody would ever take care of me. It's like, if I didn't take care of myself, it's like, nobody would. You yeah, know, you're, running,
0: just... you're working. You're working. You're taking care of the house. You're cooking for him. You're, you're taking care everything. of your son. Like, you're doing everything I might for
2: have. him. Yes.
0: Well, I just say, I admire you very much. I think you're a very strong person human
2: being, a great mother, and I just think that you're going to help a lot of people. So. I hope so. Yeah. You know, it's like I still kind of struggle through parts of the story, you know, telling my story but oh, yes. um, Easy
0: story. Yeah.
2: I'm telling you when all this happened and time had not gone by and, and stuff, it was so much harder. Like I couldn't make it through one sentence without <laughs> You know, and but I kinda you know, people are like, you know, you should have never went to prison, you shouldn't have never served a day, you never should've done this, you never should have I said I realized that. I said, but I knew I was gonna go and I said and I kinda had to make the best of a situation and learn from it and I said, and I learned that I'm a pretty strong person and I can get through a lot and also that there's a reason everything happens and you know, I made some pretty poor choices along the way, and I learned from those choices. Um, but I said maybe this was this was what I had to learn, that it's like I can use what happened to me and my experience and help other people in some way, even if it's just, you know, saying, hey, I understand. I've been there. Mm-hmm. you know heard about
1: putting a book out about it, the journaling
2: I did journal one. I did journal one. I had to write one for my lawyer because he wanted to get to know me from the beginning of my life all the way through my life. And so it's pretty much started, and yes, I have considered putting it in a book. Yeah, Absolutely. It's not an easy story to tell,
1: but I believe a lot of women who would read it, they would, they would definitely, they would feel it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, especially the people that have been through it, you know.
2: survivors yeah I just I mean I want women out there who may be in a relationship or you know maybe aren't in a relationship and you know are kind of pushing to be in one just choose wisely you know and if you are in a relationship you know and it's it's a a tough one Mm -hmm. um, you can get out of it you know and have hope have hope You know, I mean, I had some dark days. I mean, dark days. And even, you know, after and being in prison and stuff, it's like, but hang on to that hope, you know. It gets you through some dark times. And things do you better.
1: And we can just, just by talking to you, we can tell you're a warm person. You're not evil. You're not cold. You're not, this isn't a bragging story. This, no. is, this is just your story, your life you know this
0: is what happened and
2: it is it is and I know. hope you feel
0: like you know since he kind of tore you down and like made you feel like lose your self confidence and everything I just hope like you're just gaining that back and like <laughs> you're just feeling empowered and like great about yourself because like she said just sitting with you here for a few hours we can just tell you know how great of a person that you are you're intelligent, you're brave, and yeah, I just I just hope that you feel that too yourself. And I know it's I tough, but I hope that you do. You I think
1: people like Michelle, too, you stood by her, yeah. you helped her, you always let her know you were there, you never gave up on her. You knew one day you were going to get that call. And...
2: Yeah, I kind of struggled at the beginning because I had been beat down for so long and I thought I really was, like, stupid, and I'm like, And I remember being in there and we had to be tested for like a GED and stuff. And I'm like, but I'm a college graduate, you know, but okay. And we had to take all these tests and stuff and the results came back. And I'm like, dang, I did really well. And I was really surprised. And I remember talking to my one friend and he said to me, he goes, why are you surprised? Mm -hmm. He goes, why are you surprised, Tina? You are a very smart person. He goes, you're just a very smart person who was broken, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, and you started to think otherwise.
3: Yeah.
2: You know? Support system at an early
3: age is imperative. I know. Mm -hmm.
2: And even when I started making choices, because he never allowed me to make choices. So I always thought, oh my gosh,
3: what if I make the wrong decision? I remember you calling me and saying that. I remember that. And
2: people would tell me, they're like, there is no wrong decision. Everything could be fixed. It's like just think it through and go with your heart,
3: you know. So I remember, you calling kind of saying that that you didn't trust your own decisions. I'm yeah, like, well, you I look had, like you're making really good ones to me.
2: Mm-hmm. I had no, no decisions ever. They they were made for me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad now that you have you know the freedom to make your own decisions and trust in them and. You know, you're doing a great job. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So you got your son, yeah. your best
1: friend, your animals. Your house is great. Yes. I mean,
2: thank you. I got the whole thing just painted. It looks
0: it was really nice. Like, so.
2: It was. It was important because Philip's like me, like everybody's. You know, why do you want to go back to that same house and stuff. And I said, a house is what you make it. And the first time I brought Philip back here, he was so excited. So excited you know but i also knew that i wanted to change it because everything in here was dreary mm-hmm. and dark because that's where i was mm-hmm.
3: when oh,
1: i did it a house. now it's a home
2: yes, yes.
3: and she so she literally sold just about every day in content in this right? entire house <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> I, yes. did. She, I did literally she literally sold everything and, and i painted every room and everything's and been repainted and it's you and Alex like yep. representing
1: yes you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yes because i never got to do
2: any of that stuff he never looked You know, my money was to support us, you know, and give us food and stuff like that. It's like, I didn't get to do anything in this house. The only reason this tile got done done was because he said he was going to do it, and he left it in a heap for months, and I got so tired of looking at the boxes that I was like, I'm doing it, you know? So, I did the hallway and the bathroom and the foyer, and then somebody else did this one, but... Um, I just got tired of waiting, you know, I was just like, ah, so you're handy too. You can do things. Well, everything, everything that was done in this house, I did Mm -hmm. everything.
0: Be proud of that. Even.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: It probably makes it feel better too. Just knowing that you did it. It does. It
2: gives you a sense of like. Accomplishment, you know? And, yes. and especially too, because I remember where I was mm-hmm. mentally. And it's mm-hmm. like, and when I can finish a project like that, it's like, it makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. You know? And, you know, somebody gave me the ultimate compliment, somebody who's known me for a long time. And they said that I'm almost back to my old self, you know? So, and that made me feel good you know, I who I was, you. who I was before. Yeah. I said, yeah,
3: I'm back to my old self, but maybe a little bit better. Yeah you, <laughs> yeah, you are. I see the strength. Yeah. Yeah. I see you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and healing. Yeah. Which is hard to do. There's so much trauma you, yeah.
2: And I kind of look at it this way with all the things that I've gone through it's like uh-uh with what I've gone through it's like that's nothing
3: <laughs> you know so like, you know that's
0: cake now yeah <laughs> things come
3: up and I'm like you know remember when I told you when you remember when you I, I go you're gonna get out and you'll just be like every other normal boring person and you will have to go get groceries and just do boring things <laughs> she's like I can't wait for <laughs> <laughs> I remember that and I was like And she'd say, what are you doing? I'm like, grocery shopping. It's just not eventful. It's just nothing. And she's like, oh, I like grocery shopping. (laughs) (laughs) It (laughs) was. So it was just normal things. It was. And you kept sharing on on the prize. And you, everything that you've done and do is cathartic. It's healing. I know. It's letting go. And finding you and your voice and your space and Mm -hmm. your light. Yes. So it's good.
2: So I just I like to help where I can I mean I've talked to a few gals who like you know messenger and stuff who reach out and they're like okay I'm in this situation who do I contact where do I go so I don't like directly throw myself into it especially when all this stuff was coming up because I was on parole for so long mm-hmm. um, I was just like okay here's a number contact them you know they got this resource and this resource and this resource you know um you know i just help where i can sometimes you know it was it was crazy because when i got out some of the people that i know from like back in high school because i had a huge following of people from like high school which i don't even i couldn't even believe that they remembered me but everybody's like of course we remember you tina you were so sweet <laughs> like, oh okay <laughs> you know but i had so many of them contact me and they'd say you know, the one lady, she contacted me. She goes, Tina, I want to thank you. I said, for for what? You know, did I do something? You know, she goes, she goes, I was in a bad relationship. And she says, and when everything went down with you and what happened to you, she said, I left it. And she said, and I'm in a much better place. And my son is happy. And she's like, and I just want to thank you for that. I said, oh, you don't have to thank me. I said, I'm just happy you're out of that situation, you know. But it's like I've had a, a few people. You know, I had one girl in prison. She really picked on me bad. She picked on me bad. And she made me cry because she's like, I got to toughen you up. You got to tell me off. You got to tell me just to F off, you know. And I wouldn't do it. I was so mad. I was like, I'm not going to say it, you know. And she made me cry because she said some really harsh things to me. And she went back to her unit. and came in the next day, and she's like, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. She goes, I want to apologize, and she started crying. I said, why are you apologizing to me? You know, she goes, well, strangest thing is, she goes, I left my TV on last night, forgot to turn it off, said I had to get up to go to the bathroom. She's like, and it was the news, it was the early news. She said, and guess what? Your story was on there. She goes, I saw your pictures, and... What he had done to you, and they talked about what had happened and stuff. And she goes, I'm really sorry. She's like, I had no idea. She's like, If I had had any idea what you had gone through and how badly he beat you, she said, I never would have teased you the way I did, you know, in the warehouse. I said, That's okay, you yeah. know. I said, You didn't know. And I said, and eventually I did tell you to F off,
3: so. <laughs> uh, so. You yeah. know, Tina would have not done that.
2: No. No, no, no. No. No.
3: That's why I say it toughened you up when you were you needed it.
1: Well, my daughter has uh, has crystal nose. She's went through her bully problems, um, and then it was not A good uh, experience for her. So we ended up moving out to Oxford. I decided I just wanted her to have a fresh start for high school. And she's doing better this year, you know, change of school. But she did take three years of being bullied by the same little clique of girls, a couple of them. But I see a lot of her in you. Like the niceness, and she's just. Hopefully, one day she finds her voice too. You know, I mean, she is sassy. Don't get me wrong. Like when she's comfortable with you, Charlotte, she's got sass. You know. <laughs> but I, you know, I see a little bit of her. You know, and I'm hoping that she can grow up and you know have the same traits as you, find that voice and yeah, music. And, it tell somebody time. to F off one day, you yeah. <laughs> know, um, because she won't, she won't swear. We even, um, have played, uh, we let play Cards Against Humanities with us, oh. and she's like, she's like, um, I, I, I don't want to say this one. I was like, well, if you're going to play big girl games, you got to say big girl stuff, <laughs> you know, but she'll change it, and she'll just be like, um, but, and she'll, and I'm just like, oh my God, like, it just cracks me up, like. You know, and uh, my sister'd be like, Well you always text me L M A F O. She's like, But those are just the letters, I'm not really
3: saying it. <laughs> Good for her. Good that's for her. what she would do so, too. She like, might do that, but God forbid before she'd be like, hey, You know, <laughs> Oh or something. I know. Well you know, that's like, like oh, just say it. Yeah. That's <laughs> like
2: I have a friend and he did something to like make me mad. So I was like, uh, and I'm like, you know, and then I middle fingered him and, you oh know, God, like, know, know. know, and he goes, I was driving all the way down the road going, good girl, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're sticking up for yourself.
1: He's like, I love it.
2: I said, you weren't mad? Goes, no, not at all. <laughs> now
1: I told my daughter, I said, you going to school? I said, "When well, she, and I said, and just look at her. And you're just like, why the F are you messing with me? Like, what did I actually do to you? What did right. I do to make you hate me so much? And I said, if she can't tell you, then look at her and just scream as loud as you can to leave you the F alone. I said, "But well, say the word.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she's like, I will get suspended. I said, and I will take you to Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, that's how it'll... She's like, really? I said, yes. She went, I
2: sometimes, <laughs> sometimes those bullies don't even have to have a reason. Oh, yeah. It's like. It's just that they're jerks.
0: Yeah. And if you turn yeah. around and you. Confront it. It's a bo- it's the boy's problem, not right? Problem, it is They don't know what to do
3: with that, and it makes them stop. It's
0: like an inward um, problem with
1: themselves. Yeah. My daughter's yes. little. She's probably well back then. She was four eight. She's not even five foot yet. She's gonna be fifteen, but she's maybe just now reaching hundred pounds because you know high school. But back then she was probably like four eight, probably like eighty five pounds. You know, so just good. because she was little, you know, no. if they lost a volleyball game, it was it was all her fault. It wasn't a team; it was her fault. You know, or just as if you she know... has that
3: much power to control that mm-hmm. whole game. I know, yeah. right? As One a, person, right? Uh, That's so amazing.
1: I, you know, I told him, I said, or the shirt she wore, or her, you know, the shoes she. Which girl? I was like, when I was little, my mommy made me shop like a gamer. Okay, yeah. Montgomery were Lucky. I mean, you guys are going to school with Nike and Under Armour yep. and, you know, now it's up to Lululemon. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, girl. Oh. There's yeah.
3: no justification for uh, Lululemon. No.
0: Uh, uh, I see. I, it's outrageous. I know. She so got it this
1: year, uh, but I'm like, I don't know how you pulled that off. My husband bought it for her. I'm like, <laughs> but... Yeah, I was like, so I didn't, she didn't dress poorly. Like, she had name and stuff. Like, so, I don't know. I don't know what they're making fun of. I don't know what they were looking for. I said, it's just, either that or they were jealous because they wanted it and you had it, you know. But she definitely kept up with the Johnsons when it came to, you know, fashion. And, I mean, they don't want for nothing. They have their cell phones. They have their computers. They have, you know, I'm like, I don't know what more I can do for you. <laughs> so... I said it's the bully problem, it's not your problem. Yeah. Exactly. So Yeah.
2: Well, I'm sorry she's being she was being bullied. Yeah. She's you she's know? better now. She's in a different high
1: school, different system. She's she's found her way. She's got a little she's playing softball with Lake Orion City and she's working at a job, you know, so she's she's getting better. Good. I still waiting for the day that she just sticks up for herself. Just I mean, she can do it against her brother, no problem, you know. <laughs> But, you know, other girls and peers, and like, just come yeah. to F off mm-hmm. and
2: who cares? You get to um, that point. Yeah. You do. I mean. Another human
3: has a breaking point. Mm-hmm. I, I just,
2: I found that, like, I used to have that patience of, like, Job. And it's like, now I'm just to that point where I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm too old for this. We I just don't need this. to deal with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we anymore. talk <laughs> about this and we're like, oh. It's like, I'm, I'm done. You know, it's like, yeah, let me just, I'm too old for this.
1: Well, we didn't know you before today, but you can see you smiling today, so it's got uh, yes. to be a good feeling. It's got to be good for you to see her smiling.
3: Mm-hmm. And I've told her. Getting back to her. Know herself. Herself, yes. You know, to come here to
1: yes. have coffee with her and, you know, hang out with her and her family. And, yeah. You know.
3: It is very nice to see you. It is nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Hi. Don't touch my- so I'm sure you're going <laughs> to get a lot of people hope and a lot
1: of people...
3: Don't play with
2: my hair.
1: confidence to get where you're at.
2: I hope so. I hope so. And I just well. I just want people to hear it, because you know, people really haven't gotten the full story. Mm-hmm. They've gotten bits and pieces from the news. They've gotten the newspaper saying I just point blank walked up behind them and shot them in the back of the head. No, 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 no. And the thing was, from the time I got out, it's like, and I was on parole, I'm like, when I get the opportunity and I'm able. I'm going to set the records straight so people know why it happened. Like, they never once said in any of these articles or any of these newses or anything, did y'all know that it had anything to do with my son and him, like, going to kill my son? Like, nobody did. They, they never said that. They, they never, never
1: said, said that. that. I, never, I knew you had a son. I didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know the, the story behind it, you know, but I didn't know that um, you had a son, so... I guess, from my own perspective, uh, she was probably protecting her son. But that's where I'd go. It doesn't mean that's where everybody else. Is. Yeah, because everybody—they didn't just
0: say that.
2: No, know? they never said that. Yeah. And the, the thing is, you know, it's like, like That is of actually what happened, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, everybody's yeah. like, yeah. "Oh well, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know." They were just. There was a lot of speculations, and I'm like, no, it was always about. Fill up and protecting him, um, you, know, said, with you know. I said
1: the judge and those yeah. people are just.
2: I know. They're nothing better to do yeah. And, and it's lives. just It's
3: uneducated. And
2: mm-hmm. if it had just been me, I probably never would have gotten up the gumption to shoot him. I mean, I hate to say that, and I know people are always like, "Well, you should feel just as strongly about yourself as you did about your son," but it's a mother's instinct to want to protect their child, right. and it's like, and I. Was protecting him. I wasn't out to protect me. I was protecting him, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, like I told my lawyer, he goes, "Please, Tina, don't go into trial and say that." I said, "But, Jerry, it's true." I said, "If Philip wasn't around and I wasn't protecting him, I said he probably would have killed me that day." I said, "I don't think I would have picked up the gun and shot him," you know.
0: That was your motherly instincts, you know. Yeah. And that's completely understandable. It's. I think
3: yeah. it goes back to your basic human human core mm-hmm. you're going to protect your your flesh and blood yeah you know it's yeah God that's God's from instilled everything. into you I that's mean, from even, everything and like i said i'm not i'm not a mother but i i wouldn't sit back and right. watch that happen either no exactly. i mean that's a, it's just an innocent child mm-hmm. or an innocent animal or an innocent person and mm-hmm. that's not even that's
1: innocent child is not vocal he exactly can't, he, he can't even worse yeah. he can't yes he can pick up the phone and call 9 for you if you want right. to right yeah, you know mm-hmm. yes
3: I know. that's what makes it even more heinous to me yeah. and and the fact that she's she's tiny she's completely broke down when you took advantage of her yeah he right was, from the get go he was
2: 260 pounds and I was 117 yeah so. I mean come on
3: yeah I wow, was no. too fat. But if she shot him in the knee, that's good. Completely effing piss him off. So then he just right. pulverizes mm-hmm. you. Exactly. Right. And then
1: he comes home. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Especially exactly. when he, I mean, and then he's telling you every day or all day. Today's the day. Yeah. Today's yeah. The day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You're going to believe him because you've been through years of trauma with him. Yeah. Why yeah. would you not believe him?
0: Right. Yeah, right.
3: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, just because, goes to your core that mm-hmm. you, self preservation. If you're not here to protect, you have to protect you first to protect him. Yeah, that's just self-preservation. No, yeah, I know. It's just. Oh. But you couldn't think like that because you were so broken. You're, you're no right. You had no wherewithal to think that way. Your motherly instincts kicked in over self-preservation, yeah. which those are two God-given things that are just innate in all of us. So. I know. I still say kudos to you, girl.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I
2: know. You know, and you toss around so many things in your mind, you know. It's like, I remember being, like, in the worst possible shape and sitting there wanting to die, and I'm like, you know. I kept thinking, God, why, why, why did you help me out of this, you know? Like, why am I stuck in this? Like, what did I do? I've always been a good person. I don't understand why I'm stuck in this, you know. And I said, you know. I think you've abandoned me and it's like, you know, I, I don't feel you and and stuff like that. And then it's crazy because after everything happened and I was sitting there in prison and you have so much time to think because there's nothing else to do. And there was COVID, so we were all locked up in ourselves. Um, I thought to myself, you know what? He never abandoned me because if he abandoned me, then I would not be alive. Like he protected me, you know, it's like otherwise there have been so many times I could have been dead I mean he threw me down these stairs Mm -hmm. you know it's like I could have been dead he's pulled guns on me numerous times who's to say he wouldn't have fired Mm -hmm. you know but it's like God was always there and I never got hurt you know yeah so it just took a lot of like sitting and thinking and alone time to come to a lot of conclusions so that
1: was sounding cliche it's kind of like the real life sleeping with the enemy yeah yeah and at the end she was a survivor she found the willpower I mean in her case she learned to swim your case you learned how to shoot a gun
3: yeah the parallels are yeah you know she swam to save
1: her life you learned how to do the pillow shot to save your life yeah
3: I mean
2: that's why and I tell people now because they're like well you know you were a victim of domestic violence I said I'm a survivor of domestic violence what did I say in
1: the car I said I don't want to use the word victim because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I said she's a survivor, not yep. a victim. Hundred percent. I said that when we we're on our way here. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, in my own way getting stuff out there, you know. And some people will ask me, and they're like, you know, do you why? Why do you, why do you want to keep reliving this? Why do you want to keep talking about this? I said, because. I want to empower people and help people. And I said, and that's what I took away from all this. I said, so, yeah, I'm on TikTok posting my prison pictures or my, you know, my beating pictures. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But people need to see this because this is unacceptable, you know? And it's like, this is, yeah, so I'm uncomfortable. Who cares? Put the it out there. of
0: people that you probably hope that you don't even know about you know who don't even yeah. you know, won't send a message mm-hmm. or anything but you're still helping mm-hmm. them silently is probably a lot of people and it's just going to keep growing
3: so. right yeah if you don't speak what if you don't speak up and say something nothing oh, will ever change i know mm-hmm. i know absolutely and michigan needs to change absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's sick
2: Eventually, I'll get on TikTok and talk, but I haven't done that yet. I haven't had my thousand oh, people did. yet. What's <laughs> right
3: for you, you know? And what's it's your pen. As soon
2: as I get my thousand people, I'll be good to go. <laughs> I can go live then.
3: Right now, it's just
2: you know well, we'll share some videos and stuff. Yeah. on our uh, website,
1: we'll get you. Ah, oh, thank to that. you. See people. You know, cross yeah, over I kind
2: of I kind of yeah. get creative with them. You know, yeah. it's oh, just
1: that are put into a book. I think you'd make a fabulous book out of this. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean I just kind of touched on it I told you guys a lot but there's so much more I mean there are times I'll be talking to Michelle and I'll just be like some random pop in my head and I'm like oh he used to do this this and this and she'll be like what yeah. Yeah, there's so
3: many times I'm like <laughs> the things that I know and, and I like,
2: don't do it for the shock value it's just that was my life right. and that was normal you're you know. It's like, come up and, yes.
3: something happens. and yes. she'll be talking and I'm like God I yeah. mean, it's sick. Yeah. And I thought it's I was sick.
2: I thought I was doing so good with triggers too, but I got triggered the other day. Philip coming up behind me. And he kinda went like this with his iPad, you know, like I was standing at the window, kinda caught it out of the corner of my eye. Like my stomach sank. Well,
1: it was probably always gonna be
2: yeah, back, I? because yeah. I
3: got I got blindsided quite a few times from oh, yeah. you know. Well I noticed you're not as um you uh, used to re- remind me of an owl. Because your head would just be, you would just be constantly, w- with garage sales, it would be just constantly moving, constant. It's uh, like you could never relax. On the
2: swivel. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was just like if you could do a 380 with your. Well, I'm like that now, Myers,
2: when I have him, you know. It's like, I don't trust anybody, all mm-hmm. these child trafficking people. Oh, yeah. So, well, woman, I'm on the swivel. <laughs>
3: yeah. As a woman, we do, women, we do need to be aware, yes. more aware of our surroundings, but you are not as. as um, no. nervous as just, you were before. You should have seen
2: that. She comes over and she's standing there with me, and I'm out in the garage. And a police oh, officer God. comes through yeah. here with his lights off, and he's going down, and he slows down in front of my house.
3: I hit the ground. Literally, I literally hit the ground. She hit the deck oh. so fast it was not even funny, and I was like, what the <laughs> "What's thing? happening? What <laughs> happened there?" I know And then she was just like. I was literally home for, like, two days, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, literally. And, and I had...
1: On a back for you? Yes. Yes.
2: No. I thought they were chalking up on me. Yeah. Because he had his lights off, and he went so slow past my house. And I'm like... <gasps> and... It literally hit the dock. I had not seen a police officer since they arrested me, like, in front of this house. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that would be triggering.
3: For- it was yeah. triggering. She was, she was very shook up afterwards no more, for quite a while. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not you. There's some sort of sting. It's not you. Yeah. I swear to God. It's right. not it's a, it's a neighborhood sting. Yeah. <laughs> Girl,
1: let's go in the house. Take a shot. Have a glass of wine. Seriously. Knock, knock. Well, she can't.
3: She was on the roll. Oh, yeah, don't
1: do that. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, so I'm like, okay, oh, let's just
3: go in and sit down. Do you want to smoke like 10 cigarettes? Or right. you know, that'll make you
0: feel better. Yeah.
3: <laughs> And I will have you know,
2: and you can, you know, put this on there. I was so good during my parole. It's like I behaved myself because, again, I didn't want to mess anything up. Oh, you oh, know yeah. what you're
0: trying to lose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you had your eye on the prize. That's
2: right. Yeah. The whole time. Mm-hmm. Focus. You know, it's like I needed to stay on the down low. I needed to go in front of the parole. I needed to get out of there, and I needed to get this kid back. And I had them pretty quick. I got out Remember. in November and I had them by March. Mm-hmm. That's
0: awesome.
2: The hearing was in February, late mm-hmm. February, and I got them in March. Mm-hmm. That's great. So yeah. And they didn't even hesitate. So yay. Karen McDonald, though, she was huge mm. and like Wonderful Woman. Yeah, helping me wonderful um, woman. Get them back. You know, because the prosecution didn't want me to didn't want him going to visit me, like all kinds of stuff. They didn't want this, didn't want that. And Karen McDonald's like, no. He needs to go see his mother, yeah. and she needs to see him. And you she told you, and she
3: will. That you were, you are not a criminal. Like you are the victim.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she told me that. She and was I will my never lady. forget
3: that.
2: Yeah. And she let me hug my family. Yes. yes. Wonderful yes. woman. I know. The police officers asked her. was not that nice of them? Yeah. They're like, they asked her. They said. Can we allow her to hug her family? And uh, she's like, "Yeah." So they're like, "You get to hug your family." I'm like, "What? Really?" <laughs> it's the little things, you oh, know. Oh yeah, you see it on your face. <laughs> yeah, it made my day. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: I'm glad you got your family back. Yeah. Your parents. Your freedom. I
2: did. Total. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And, you know, on those days when my mom is driving me crazy and calls me five times a day to <laughs> tell me the same thing, <laughs> I just say, thank you, Lord, because now I can talk to her. Yeah. And she can tell me the same story over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and she's just so happy. Like, she'll tell me sometimes. She's like, I'm just so happy I can talk to you again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know. It was tough on all of us. Oh, so. yeah
0: we appreciate you so much It was so nice meeting you we just appreciate so much your time and like opening up and like because it's not easy at all like i commend you so much for you know we're strangers you don't know us allowing us to come into your home and like tell your story because
2: i appreciate you guys coming over here some people are kind of hesitant to come over here oh no you know, because of everything that happened. I said, there's no bad juju. Yeah. I mean, my friend came over and she walks in and she goes, oh, I feel so much better in here. She goes, I used to come in over here and it was so tense and oh, yeah. full of like so much tension mm-hmm. and heaviness. She's I like, now it's so light."
0: All right, guys, that is the closing chapter of Tina's story. And what a crazy amazing story that she told. She told it beautifully and courageously. And I mean I commend her so much for opening up and sharing all those details um with all of us.
1: Yes. Thank you again, Tina. Thank you, Michelle. Um again for never leaving her side and always, you know, sticking with her and helping her and even on through her telling her story, you were by her side. And um, it's hard to come by friends like that. She's very lucky to have you.
0: Absolutely.
1: Also, also, I do want to say, if you just listen to the end, you guys are probably like, wait, was that the end? (laughs) Um, It was. The thing about Tina is that when you're talking to her, you forget that you just met her i thought we would have been friends for quite a while um we were telling the story and then the next minute we were talking about her art and talk about all this other stuff and just normal chit chat and next thing we know she was like wanting to see, or Crystal said, you know, I want to see this art. And she's like, oh, absolutely. And she went to take us around her house to show us all her art and some of her cool stuff. And we closed the laptop and kind of forgot to say like goodbye and thank you online. Um, However, we did thank her and we had a proper goodbye. Unfortunately, we were not recording.
0: Yeah, we we missed that part.
1: (laughs) So that did happen. But in a way, I feel like the way it ended was so perfect anyway, because it was just such a warm feeling being there. Like, you would have thought we've been friends for years the way we were talking, and um, it was pretty cool the, the way it just, you know, turned into, hey, let me show you some of the work I've done, which, by the way, she is amazing.
0: Oh incredible like I I would I like would want to buy art from her someday when I, I like, want to buy any about art getting
1: a hold of her and asking her to do some paintings of my dogs
0: yeah like she's incredible honestly so talented it's it's wild while we were there and we were not recording
1: I even looked at her and said why do you not have a shop like downtown Oxford Rochester Holly one of those little main streets somewhere you need to have a building
0: with your work presented. Right? Yeah, or even like an Etsy shop. Like I would totally I'm totally going to be a future customer because I mean, oh, so good. And then I feel like it she has so many like strengths in art too. Like she did so many different styles and different like techniques or whatever, and I'm not like very versed in like art terms, but she made a lot of diverse stuff and all of it was incredible. So yeah, she should definitely If she wants, but I feel like she would totally thrive at, um, you know, selling her art.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, free entertainment. You're welcome, Tina.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I hope you guys, I'm sure, I know you guys enjoyed this three-part, I guess, series of Tina's story. Um, You know, we we again just so are appreciative of Tina for allowing us to come in her home and open up to us and tell us about her story. And, um, you know, we, we encourage you guys to follow Tina online. She has a TikTok, she has a Facebook. Um, so follow her to keep up with her story and all of the work that she's doing. Um, and also if any of you out there have a story that you want to tell, just like Tina told us, Hers, or if you want us to tell it, you know, reach out because we are a hundred percent more than open to doing so.
1: Absolutely, we are here to help. We where we can, how we can.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm so sad to be closing um, this this chapter, but I really hope you guys enjoyed, and we we will be back again next week with another new. Uh, episode, new story for you guys.
1: So, on that note, we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye, y'all.
0: Bye.